Hello and welcome to your Daily Cup of Football with me, David Wilson. Wow, James, we're back. As we promised, so we're back. You can't, no one can say I lied to We're not to liars, them. we've never lied. Yeah, and before we start, I am, uh, this is, James doesn't care about friendlies, and uh, for the, especially when it's the U.S. women's national team who lays waste to everyone, basically. They, play. they played Mexico in a friendly, and Tobin Heath, who's been injured, and spent uh, one season at uh, Manchester United. So she scored yesterday. She scored yesterday. So I decided, I don't know if you can see that. More, we can't. Can't oh, really see it. Turn, turn, turn. I, I'm locked into my seat here, James. Hold on. Okay. Here we go. For people listening, it says Heath on the back, number 77, because that's her number. That was her number, I guess, at Manu. At Manu. She wears number seven. Well, usually 17. Seven for the. Uh, in the Has yesterday. she hit 40 yet, by the way? You mean eight? Isn't she old? <laughs> she's, uh, she's a veteran. She's not 40, James. How dare you? How dare what? you? Carly Lloyd is Carly Lloyd. Carly Lloyd is older than I. You're Tobin right. Heath. Carly Lloyd's the old one. Tobin Heath is or uh, Carly Lloyd is in the squad. Tobin twice Heath twice as good as anybody on that Mexican lineup. Tobin Heath is 33. So there you go, James. Young, How dare you? Gun. She's, She's got, got two more World plenty, Cup cycles. Plenty more World Cups. Uh, they were playing games in preparation for the Olympics, which we'll see if we talk about it. But I'm excited for it. James is like, just give us the medal. Anyway, I just wanted to explain the shirt. Because I I know the comments I, would wait. Been. Hold on, let me explain this shirt. I'm wearing this shirt because I put it on this morning. Okay, yeah, thanks, James. Yes, I did not go to work like this, although I wanted to, but I didn't. Uh, maybe next time. So, James, uh, I'm not gonna say I was right, but I was right about one of the games. Well, technically both, but one of them wasn't as like a big of a shock. Neither was the other one, I guess. The Euros, James. Two intense quarterfinals oh and the Copa america which we'll we'll get to you could do a whole 10-part podcast mini series or netflix documentary on this quarterfinal between peru and paraguay uh, i think the game just ended two minutes ago it felt like it took forever we're going to get to that the cliff notes version peru's in the semifinal again of course they're always in the semifinal of the Copa of america and also yeah, we'll, who doubted no we'll one. be giving you updates, even though you're going to be watching this and listening to it after this game is over, but we'll, we're going to add an element to this because Brazil is playing Chile right now. And the winner of that game gets to go out to Peru in the semifinal. So we're going to provide updates just for fun right now at first, the first update, the 54th minute Brazil is up one, nothing uh, Lucas Paqueta with a goal. And then Gabriel Jesus, two minutes later sent off. I don't know why, but it, I, I'm not surprised. Um, so we'll get back to that. You're not surprised that a striker Jesus got a straight red got card? sent off against Peru. Wasn't that a straight red card? I don't know. Remember that? No. In the final? No, I don't remember that. I remember it vividly. When we thought we had hope, and then we didn't. Anyway. Why couldn't he gotten sent off before he scored? We'll get back to red cards, because there were a few today. Mostly just in the Peru-Paraguay game. Um, but we're just going to start with the big game, James. Italy, Belgium. This was the clash that we've been waiting for in this round. Uh, Italy has looked maybe the best team in this tournament. We were saying, do it against a good team. And they said, okay, we will. And they come out and... Watch this. (laughs) By the way, I'm liking Alessandro Del Piero in the studio. He's such a... He seems like a nice man. And he's like, I was so nervous watching the, the... the uh, Spain penalty shootout. And now I'm nervous about, he was just kind of a cute little, he was a great player, by the way. Um, 
<laughs> Probably because he? Uh-huh. he was a world champion. Anyway, Italy, James. Uh, I guess the big news of this was all of our predictions about Kevin De Bruyne's ankle were greatly wrong because he started and played the whole game. Um, maybe this was like smoke screens they're putting up during the week saying, oh, his ankle. Oh, I don't know. Just to like, like Hamilton saying his tires are gone in the Formula One. Lewis Hamilton, for those of you. This is good. Last podcast, it was Giannis Lillard. And Trey Young made an appearance. I'm going to make as many F1 references now as Now it's Lewis Hamilton's tires. That's a good strategy. Of course, it didn't work, although recently it hasn't been working for Lewis Hamilton. If I, I'm not following it closely, but no, no, watch yeah. out. Max well, Verstappen. He's, he's just not fast enough. Max Verstappen. Yeah. The Dutch. He's Dutch, right? Yes. Anyway. Wonderkind. Wonderkind. Uh, not as good a, as Denzel Dumfries, but Verstappen's pretty good. Okay. Back to this game. De Bruyne starts. Hazard doesn't even dress, and they have uh, Doku, I believe. Yeah, Count Doku to you. Count Doku from Ren, 19-year-old, who had a uh, – I mean, he contributed to this this game, but we'll start with first half. Italy looked to take the lead in the 13th minute. It was offside. Bonucci uh, headed it on or flicked it in after a, a good set piece. Uh, it was rightly ruled offside. Um, that looked like, and the game was kind of going, I don't know if, if this is how you saw it. It seemed like it was kind of going as we expected Italy kind of having the ball, but Belgium countering and looking pretty, uh, tasty on the counter, just not getting the final ball had a few good chances, but Donnarumma was a great goalkeeper. It was a good goalkeeper matchup Donnarumma against Courtois, who are two giants and just great goalkeepers. Um, but then, and also, uh, I think. Taylor Twelman had a good point about Italy, which they've been doing this tournament is where they lose the ball. They're good about pressing uh, quickly to when they, to win it back in the other team's half to create um, chances. And that's how they scored their first goal. They had a quick free kick, tried to clip it into the box. Belgium seemed to have cleared it. And then Verratti steps in, breaks up a, a pass, plays it into Nicolo Barella uh, from, I think Inter Milan, they were saying, um, and in a very tight space with some not great defending, fires it into the far corner just as perfectly as it could be. Right in, like it, it, it was so close to hitting the post, like it, it just brushed the inside of the post. No chance for Courtois. And hitting it with his right foot, that's kind of difficult. But he hit it with so much power and precision. 1-0 to Italy. And then they just go uh, less than 15 minutes later, right at the end of the half, Lorenzo Insigne, he tried this earlier in the game. He's been trying this all tournament. Trying it all tournament, and he picked a good time to pull it off. He's at outside the box, just curls one uh, into the top corner. It was a beauty. It was a beauty. That was the noise. I, I made several noises when I watched that goal. One of them was just, just uh, screaming. I don't know. I, I didn't scream as someone on Twitter put spicy meet the ball when, when that one in the top corner but it was a oh, great goal oh. and it was befitting just as, how italy's been this tournament which is just a joy to watch creative fun flamboyant just ev- swaggering and they're up to nothing and i was like all right belgium thanks for coming welcome to another early exit then the kid doku count doku got nudged i think it was a penalty but uh, i don't know uh, he gets a penalty at the very last kick of the half. Lukaku coolly slots it in. And I thought we were headed toward Belgium comeback. And it almost happened, James. Second half, Lukaku had a great chance. Uh, I think it was 
Um, the buttocks of Spinozola got buttocks away. Buttocks of Spinozola blocking him, and they had chances, uh, but they were not not, able- not great chances though. Not I great think cha- other than they... that one, other than that one, wasn't I mean, that? The- but 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 he didn't get a good kick at the ball because they before he even got a chance, Spinozola was already there. So I think Italy kind of neutered, 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 neutered the Belgian. Neuer's the German goalie. Neuer, Neuer. Well, it kind of works. If you think he's good. So I, you paid more attention to the second half than I did. I paid more attention to the first half um, than I did the second half. But how did you see that the second half go? Did you ever think, all right, Belgium is going to tie? Or was it kind of like the France-Belgium game from the 2018 World Cup where France just had the lead and was just kind of, you know, uh, seeing the game out? Although I would say Italy probably – you know, could have maybe were more progressive trying to attack more than maybe France would have in that game. I don't know. What did you see in the second half? I think, um, I think it's, uh, there was a big change that happened around the 70th minute that kind of almost helped Belgium win this game. And it was the injuries to Spinozola mm. and Immobile, um, who were Immobile really didn't have that great of a game, but he's just a presence and he's been connecting passes and stuff. Um, and Spinozola definitely on the left-hand side had been really good. And he, they took off Insigne too. So I yeah. think at that point, they decided that they weren't going to really try to score any more goals. I think in the end, that turned out to be a good decision because they didn't concede. But at one, at one, when you have a one-goal lead, it's always, yeah. it's always not really, I, I don't know, it's not a great idea to do. But Italians back their defense. And Unlike the other, uh, unlike other teams' defenses that are just spaghetti strainers, um, the Italians did not give up a great chance inside the box. Where you're thinking, okay, you got a clean connection, you should have scored that. That never happened. They got weak connections because the cross, like the initial cross, was always got someone got a touch to it. They didn't get to have a clean cross into the box. Never happened because the Italians are really, really solid. And I mean, this whole up until those they subbed off. Um, all those guys and uh, Insigne was just subbed off and the other ones were due to injury. It was, it was a swashbuckle. The Roman legions were just coming in, coming into Belgium. Just, it was into, into Munich, but yeah. Belgian defense, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was dominant. It was extremely impressive. It was, it was something, it was something to behold. They, they were running them ragged basically. Yeah. And they were I, winning. They were, they weren't defending like for that from 45th minute to about the 70th. It was, they were just, they were just passing it around, passing for fun, moving off the ball. It was just, it was a joy to watch. And they, I think maybe they killed Belgium spirit in that, that period, because they, after yeah. Belgium started those possession, they were passing. And it's like, they just, every cross was blocked. Chiellini's everywhere. Lukaku's like, he has no, I mean, he, maybe if he had time, he'd be better, but they were right on him. As soon as he touched the ball, he had one half chance, which would only have been, it would have been an amazing goal if he had scored it in the first half. Oh, the curl he, he on ran, the ground. Yeah, that yeah, would have been a spectacular been finish. And that's that's credit to Italy's good defending. Because if they don't defend that well, then Lukaku gets an easy finish yeah. instead of what it was, which was a difficult one. And a, a pretty, I think it was a mid to easy save for Donnarumma in the end. Yeah. So it's just a great all-around performance, I think, from Italy. They showed what they can do going forward. And they showed how they can just stop you entirely from getting any kind of good chance um, in defense. So, I think yeah. what, you, what you brought up about crosses getting a touch on is such like it seems like not a big deal but the amount of like goals you see when it's just a fullback or somebody just kind of standing out there 
when a guy's going to cross it and just doesn't do the little thing of just like, let's just get a little tighter and just put anything on this. That's, that's the difference in some of these games. And if you look at, yes, Laurent Insigne's goal is a world-class like wonder goal that you're not going to see a lot. But if you look at the defending on it, the defense is just kind of standing there, backing up, backing up, daring him to shoot. And these guys are really good. So if you want to dare him to shoot, eventually yeah, they're going to find the corner. And he did. And I was, I was happy that we got two just great goals and Italy. This is, seems like it's their tournament. I mean, they have been playing the best. They took on the number one team in the world. They had more possession. They dealt with the counterattack. We'll never know if De Bruyne fully healthy and Hazard fully healthy you know, would have made a difference. I tend to think maybe not. I mean, it's not like Hazard has been in the great form. Yeah, and I don't know how that would have helped their defending. It would not have. No. You're right. And I think Chiellini and Bonucci deserve a ton of credit because we're kind of thinking they guys are older. Are they going to be able to be up for it? They were up for it. I, you know, you look at the Belgian back line and like Vermaelen is kind of past it. And Alderweireld and Vertonghen are solid, but they're also getting up there. But so is Chiellini and Bonucci, or more Chiellini than Bonucci. But Chiellini looked like Chiellini of old. Of yeah, it's not even they're of like, old. This is the, him. They're the they're the last two um, center back pairings of the 2010s. That's still there. That's still good. Yeah, and I mean the the other thing, I, I'm just happy they went through. I would not have been upset if like I thought. I think if Belgium, because I believe that chance. Um, it was like, like you said, not a great col- contact, but it was going in if, 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 uh, Spinozola's butt wasn't there. Um, but that was early in the second half. Right. So I feel like when that didn't go in, it's one of those things where like, Ooh, maybe it's not our day. Cause the goal was a penalty kick. Um, yeah, they had like a couple of chances, like the Lukaku chance, but, uh, other than that, not much. And I think again, Belgium doesn't do it. I mean, <laughs> I, they can point to injuries and whatever, but this was a good opportunity with France out of this tournament to make a final. And now they don't even make a semifinal. Is the Belgian window closed or no? No, no. They got one more. They, they, one the more tournament, crack next tournament's it. in one year. A little over a, a year and a half. Over a year, that's, yeah. plen- that's not too long. That's not too far away. And then, but then I was looking at Italy and saying like, Italy's going to be here. Like Italy is yeah, not exactly. going anywhere yeah, either. So- is, is Roberto Martinez going to keep his job after this? I, I think so. I mean, they, I don't know. They kept um, – the guy before him was um, the, the striker that used to play for them. What was his name? Do you remember that guy? Vilmots or whatever? Yeah, yeah, Mark Vilmots. So he coached in 2014, and that was not a complete disappointment, but they went out at the quarterfinal. Then he was at the 2016 Euros, and they kind of – they made the – no, they got knocked out in the quarterfinal again. So then it was Martinez in 2018, made the semifinal. Now we're at the Euros out of the quarterfinal. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of think he'll keep it. They don't seem to be a, like they didn't get rid of Vilmots after the quarterfinal. I'm not sure. And because, yeah, they got outclassed, but it, Italy's been outclassing everybody. Mancini, you know, has been kind of out of the picture for a while, ever since with Man City winning the, the Premier League and but he's been around a while and he seems to know exactly how to get the best out of these guys. And um, I don't know that it was just an impressive performance and it was a good game. I think it was a good game. And I think Italy, uh, I think they're making the final. I I just think, I don't know. The next game is going to be 
interesting and in how yeah, it goes. It be a good game, yeah. Because both teams want the ball, and that means, as I'm giving it away, Spain advanced just barely, but they advanced past Switzerland, and the, the frauds finally bow out. I didn't watch much of this game other than the, the last part of it. Uh, it was another own goal. The own goal is going to win the golden boot. Uh, Zachariah with an own goal in the eighth minute. So an early goal, like you were saying, James, that Spain needed. Unfortunately, they, they, uh, that wasn't enough because I didn't see this goal, but I uh, heard if you want to describe it for us. Oh, I will. Terrible mix up at the back and Shakiri ends up scoring. But if you want to explain it, it's probably the type of goal that. that if you're playing FIFA, this is a video game, sports, yeah. soccer, video game. And, and you can see this goal, you're throwing your controller through the window and writing a letter to EA about how unrealistic their game is and how bad it's coded. Because it, it starts with some nice work from Switzerland. They break up the possession and they try and play a ball at the top, but it's terrible, uh, just like all their attacks the entire game. Um, and then it's cleaned up by Laporte, but it's cleaned up into Powell. Powell was that the guy's name? Powell? Powell, Powell Torres. Powell, Powell Gasol. And no, Pau Gasol would have done better, I think. So, yeah, maybe. So, <laughs> Laporte's going this way, Pau's going the opposite direction, which is this way, and it hits Pau straight into the path of a Switzerland player. And then it's a one on one, it's 2v1, so the oh, Swiss okay. guy, and then Shakiri. And it's a chance that not even a Spanish player could have missed. Um, and they're tied. It's, it's, it's that easy. And that was their only attack the entire game because they're frogs. <laughs> But how did Spain do then? And in, in the, compared to, you know, they only scored one goal and they weren't as, but I, I'm guessing, you know, Switzerland obviously is more organized than Croatia was, or was Spain just wasting chances? Yeah, I didn't, they just wasted chances. They I mean, had, did, they have, did they have good chances? They had, they had several good chances. And then after Switzerland was red carded, I'm sure. Okay. I, yeah. I don't, spoilers. Explain that one. Carded. What happened there? I didn't see what happened. I don't, I don't, I don't Frula, know why he Frula? gave a red card. Frula? 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 I don't know. Frula? He just he slid in. I think Michael Oliver thought that he got a cleat on him. He so he, the the cleat that's coming in for the slide tackle, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the trailing leg. This one, it looks like it hit him, but it just missed him. And then this back one does hit the guy. And then Gerard Moreno goes down like he was just been killed. And I think because they didn't review it, they didn't tell him. They didn't. Oh, okay. they, no, they didn't review it. I think if they'd reviewed it. Um, well, was it a second yellow it. or a no, straight red? No, straight red. It was a straight well, red. Well, if it's straight red, they do review it. They just no, no, no. Have... I mean, they didn't have the ref go look at it. Okay, yeah. They just confirmed and I think it. I, cause, no, see, because it's not a clear and obvious error because, as we've learned, the um, criteria for clear and obvious is that he didn't touch him at all. It has to be zero contact. So if there's any contact, it seems like they're going to say not clear and obvious. Hmm. So um, so we sent off, I think it's uh, probably the second harshest um, red card given and first was definitely to the, the Welsh guy. That was um, after they, they equalized though, right? Yes. Switzerland? Yeah. Yes. So at that point, Switzerland um, starts playing with 10 guys behind the ball, which was different from what they were doing before. Not, they weren't quite defending with everybody. Now they were. And strangely, they conceded more chances this way, um, hmm. which, which I thought was interesting. Maybe Spain like started to believe more, started pushing more numbers forward, but they should have scored probably four times, maybe an extra time. Spitzen, obviously. I mean, when you're red carded, you have they're just hoping for penalties. Um, and with their spaghetti strainer defense, they gave up as many times, as many chances as. I mean, you ask yourself a question: How many chances does it take for a Spanish player to score? The answer is more than six. Well, the last um, few games, it, it wasn't, out. but now they went back to what they were before. No, but basically. they had they had more than six chances in those other Croatia games. Like the that means they needed thirty Croatia, chances against. They Croatia? need like they need like thirty chances to score. Or the other team just opening up like Slovakia did. Yeah. 
So it, it's it's pretty poor showing from Spain. Um, a worse showing from Switzerland, who were awful. Um, mm. So I don't, here, I don't know what to tell it, it went to penalties. Was there anything that I'm missing in extra time? I mean, other than maybe other than chances. all the chances, all the chances that Spain were like. Um, so it goes to penalties and I was thinking something has to give here because Spain's been terrible on penalties and it's hard for teams to win back-to-back penalty shootouts. So what was your thought? Like who's going to win when you, when it went to penalties, when, when Switzerland went down to 10, I thought they were going to win in penalties, Switzerland, that they were just going to just, you know, just going to steal it. And then after Busquets missed his first <laughs> penalty kick off the post. Yeah. I was like, okay. it went perfect. A perfect start for Switzerland because if, because Busquets missed and then uh, Gavranovic scored, which is exactly what you do. And that means like the advantage is with, um, you know, Switzerland. Then Danny Olmo puts it in the top bins. Maybe should have had this guy take penalties because that was a great penalty. And then the wheels came off the Swiss bus and Cher missed. Or I think it was blocked. The Kanji was blocked. And Vargas, whose penalty was almost blocked against France, skied one. And even though Rodri missed, Gerard, Gerard Moreno did score. And then the winning penalty, Mikel Oyarzabal. And Spain wins 3-1 on penalties. So it was two teams who aren't great on penalties. But the whole, you know, going again to penalties and losing is a thing. I mean, <laughs> I think. I mean, this it happened yeah. here. Yeah. And Switzerland goes out. Spain is in the semifinal. I mean, you can say all you want about chances and being disappointing which i think they have and been. i will and i've said i was saying it yeah. before their kind of goal explosion but they're in the semifinal, and just the because they are so good on the ball despite everything else you know being wasteful and and maybe having some at times comedy of errors they're going to be in these games which like that's the 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 you know when someone the what you would, what they would say to critics of like just possession for possession's sake. It's like, well, if you have the ball more than the other team, like you're going to have chances and just a good chance you'll be in games. So when I look at the Italy Spain matchup, I guess Spain is going to have the ball, but also Italy's been possessing as well. I don't know but, if that's, that's... but Spain, I think, is going to. And the question is like, I don't see Italy being threatened by Spain. If I, mean, I, I have no idea, I, I think Italy's the favorite. But I'm saying, is this going to be like where Spain is actually embarrassed? Like, is that how good Italy is? I think that's what we're going to find out. Is Italy, you know, reach this level where they can be in a game where they might not have the ball? And because I think Spain is going to edge possession. I think that's just how it works. I think they just do. And I think maybe Italy is okay with that because Italy's thinking, you know, we could use that against them and press them high because they've been good at pressing against, again, not as creative teams, but against Belgium they did and created chances. So I know this game isn't for a couple of days, but it's such a good, it's it's such an interesting matchup that I just wanted to talk about it now. So how do you see this? Because I think Italy obviously is the favorite, but Spain has found a way to get through this tournament without yeah. losing. Somehow, with are they going to the lose? Are they going to lose? Yes, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. You're going to see two different types of possession. Um, and I think the main difference between what Italy did today and what Spain did, I think, is movement off the ball. I think the Italian players knew where everybody was without having to look, and they were constantly shifting, making making spaces, making like 
what's, I don't know the right word is, but smart little dribbles. Like, oh, you beat this guy this time, but you can pass it this time and then you'll run around and then, oh, next time I'll beat you. And it, it's, a, it's a nightmare for defenders. Whereas Spain, they rack up all this possession um, and they're, they're just passing it to each, like, to each other around. They're, they're all just standing in their big little grid. Not much movement going on. Not much getting in behind, and uh, it's 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 like a um, it's like a Walmart version of of tiki taka, basically. Well, it's, it's just, basically they're they're implementing the same ideas, just with not as nowhere near the talent, and honestly, also the chemistry and cohesion. I mean, this team is not played in a lot of tournaments together. They don't play it. You know, a lot of the, the old Spain teams played on the club level together. At least, like, yeah, in, but that's not much of an excuse because the Italian players have not played in a major tournament. They look yeah, like they've been playing together but, for five years. Yeah, but Italy has had. I mean, they put up the stat about Italy's last, like, before before um, you know, Belgium scored. Like their last twelve games, which they're they're all wins, I believe. They outscored people like thirty five to one. So, I think Italy is gonna should handle this. I mean, they handled Lukaku. Yeah. Who and and a, a team that has probably more weapons to create chances for a striker as opposed to Spain and it's Morata. Maybe we're now just under now. This is where we get too excited about Italy and, and Spain does it. I just don't really see it. And the one thing I'll say though, Spinazzola has been an important piece, and he might not play given how he came off, which was kind of sad. I mean, it looked like he tore his hamstring. I mean, he was like you could one of those where he was just like kind of yelling when he went down. So yeah, that yeah. could be an issue. Um, so that's the only thing where it's like, it's just, it's just defensively. Italy have been so solid. Yeah. Even, even against Austria where they weren't playing so well, the Austria didn't have like a ton of great chances. They had like one, they had one and a two. half. Even the goal wasn't a great chance. Yeah. <laughs> and Austria yeah. Scored. So uh, if Spain aren't gifted over six chances, they're not going to score. I don't see Spain getting one chance and scoring and winning one zero. Like it's just, which some, is what they'll probably need to do. Spain shows up some yeah. other version. Like, I don't know. Iniesta and Xavi come on with like Rod- Rodri's mask. Rodri and Pedri masks. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just, I just don't see it happening. I, I don't either. And this is a match, a, a rematch of the 2012 final where it was Spain of old, like the Spain in their last kind of, uh, tournament as a juggernaut destroying Italy for <laughs> zero. Um, they might, Spain might want to put that tape on and kind of watch, say, oh, let's, let's see what we got here just to see. And that was a team of Italy that had Pirlo in it and he had been having a good tournament um, and they kind of took them apart. So that's an interesting uh, note. And also after we talked about Belgium, Italy, I didn't realize that Belgium and Italy were in the same group in the Euro in Euro 2016 and Italy won two zero with uh the likes of Jacarini and uh, Graziano Pella in the team. I don't remember that at all. I don't either. And that's why I was like, oh, wow. They won with that team? They might win tomorrow. <laughs> and they ended up winning. Um, but yeah, so that was... We got Italy-Spain. I think that's on Tuesday. Um, and the next semifinal will be decided tomorrow because we got two games tomorrow. First, I think first, yes, Denmark-Czech Republic. Seems like a long time ago that Denmark played Wales because it was. It was the first round of 16 game. So they are probably plenty rested. They also didn't really have to put too much work into the drubbing of Wales. Czech Republic knocked out Netherlands. 
I see this as Denmark's chance to make the semifinal. And if I'm Denmark, I'm thinking we're going to be in the final because we could beat England. I mean, come on. So there was questions about Simon Kier. He kind of, but I think he'll be fine. There seems like there's been plenty of time. Uh, Polson didn't play the last game. I know Czech Republic has a chance because they have Schick. But I think Denmark should win this game. And I, if I'm being honest, I think they should win it in regular time. And I think they're going to win it pretty easily because I just think Denmark's just a better team. And the Netherlands? And they might be. I mean, Netherlands kind of self-combusted after the red card. And before, Denmark, the red card, before the red card, they hadn't really gotten... It wasn't. It was still pretty. I'm just saying. We we were, were saying that Denmark's been creating a lot of chances this tournament. Yeah. So if that is the case, I think they're going to cause more trouble for Czech Republic than than uh, the Netherlands did. Uh, I believe this game is in Baku, which has been a is pr- probably quite a journey for both these teams. So I don't know if that'll have an effect on the play. I first I want I hope Denmark makes it. Um, and second, I think they will. I think they'll get it done. Maybe it'll be tight, but. I'm not that worried about Czech Republic other than Schick and, you know, making mistakes and, and give, giving the game away. Cause yes, Czech Republic solid and it's going to be physical, but Denmark is not some team that's going to be able to be pushed off the field. They have physical players. They're going to be up for it. Simon Kier is going to say, Schick, get in my pocket. Let's go. So there's a chance, obviously Czech Republic makes it, but I, I think Denmark's a better team and I think they're going to advance. What is your assessment, yeah, James? It's, it's Denmark's game to lose. And Netherlands, it was also Netherlands game to lose and they lost it. And they lost it. So let's see, Denmark, can they keep it together? I think they will. I unfortunately I don't have Denmark's flag, but here's the Czech Republic. Ah! <laughs> this is Czechoslovakia though. It's just, it looks oh, the same. It's the same, um, yeah. Um but yeah, I think Denmark should win. And I and I hope they do, honestly. I mean I mean I like Schick. And maybe if they put out some kind of swashbuckling performance, I won't be so disappointed if Denmark wins, but that's probably not going to happen. If Den- if Czech Republic do score, it'll probably be off the counter or set piece or something. But, I mean, Czech Republic are solid, so I wouldn't get too complacent if I was Denmark. Yeah, that's true. But they should have enough. They should have enough. They should have enough. Um, and they'll await the winner of England-Ukraine, which is the last game in England. Speaking of it's their game to lose, this is even more there came to like England's the heavy favorite and that kind of scares me, but Ukraine should be completely spent physically and emotionally from their crazy game against Sweden. That was crazy. And also went to extra time. So, and apparently tackles were flying in and somebody's leg almost got cut off. So I think even if Ukraine like did not play under 20 minutes, England would still be the heavy favorite. This is just another reason why England has to come out and they should win by multiple goals, right? I mean, am I being too, are we discounting Ukraine who at the beginning were like, hey, Ukraine, pretty impressive back heels, like wonder goal. But England has to win this game and they have to win it in 90 minutes, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. if they struggle through this, it's going to be like, even if they win, but it's like close, people are gonna be like, oh, are we even good? You know, I, I think they're going to handle it. I think they need an early goal. Um, which is what we say every time, but I think they do. And it's true every time. But in this game specifically, where they're definitely going to have all the possession, like the Germany one was more like there's going to be ebbs and flows, but this is a game where they're going to have the ball. And the longer it goes without 
creating good chances and they haven't created many chances, as you pointed out. Um, they need to get on the board and, and really not give Ukraine any more belief. Cause I think Ukraine, you know, we thought they were done and they came back from the dead against uh, Sweden and proved that they were still, you know, we're still here for this tournament. They still have some belief after that, you know, late winter, that'll like do some good things for your confidence. But what you have to do is take the air out of them early and say, guess what? We're not Sweden or England. Get out of here. And it's in Rome. So it's not the same home field advantage. The camera won't be shaking if they score probably. Although English fans travel uh, well, if they're allowed in, I don't know if it's a Brexit thing like Wales and this Netherlands, but um, I'm hoping for a good, like, I think in England, in the world cup, in the quarterfinal, they played Sweden and it was, I think it was all set pieces, but they won like two or two zero, I think. Um, and that was a solid win. They need a solid, just nobody gets hurt. Nobody pick up a silly yellow card because I think if, if it goes how it goes and they play Denmark, they're going to get all they can handle in that game. So they need to get, take care of business basically is, do you see any way, like I can see Czech Republic because Czech Republic's like, solid I, I just don't see it from ukraine i think they 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 fired their last bullet in the last round that was their moment like to put everything into it so for them to come back out and do it again just like we were talking about with switzerland against france like to do it again i think would be insane i just don't see it so maybe they will and it'll be the it'll be a huge embarrassment for england but yeah. they're they've been known to do that so i don't know what do you think uh, yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. I think England do lack a lot of things like midfield technicians. Um, they're playing two holding midfielders and that's it in the midfield. So all yeah. their hope is going to have to come from the wings crossing it in. And that's enough to actually, that's enough to win the whole tournament if you do it well enough. And um, so far they have. Yeah. So that should be enough to beat Ukraine. So I've just got both of them. Oh, you did have you do have England. There you go. I told you I did. Yeah, I yeah, only so saw the yeah. My bold prediction is that England is going to win. Wow. Can you believe that? Wow. I, I just barely I can believe it. Wow. Um. So yeah. So that one's at noon tomorrow. Um. And then then there'll only be four teams left, and only four games left if you count the third place game, which I believe there is a third place game. Um. So we're gonna shift gears and go to the Copa America. Now, James did not watch this game. That's okay. I missed I out. I, of course, the one out. I didn't, the one I don't watch, I watch all the games. The ones I don't watch is the game of their season, of their life. I don't know if I would call it the game of their life. Not performance-wise, just uh, Yeah, it was insane. Wise. Basically, here it is. Peru advanced via penalties, just like they did in the last Copa America quarterfinal, but this game had uh, goals of plenty. The last time, I think, against Uruguay, it was... Wasn't it 0 0 all it the way was. through? Yep. This one was 3 3. Um, Peru, once again, uh, just cannot defend a set piece to save their life. They gave up two offset pieces. Both, I think, were corners, or one was a free kick. And they're both second balls, too, right? It wasn't yeah, like so the, the initial. The first one, it was a good save by uh, Gaese, and then no one cleared it, and the guy just kicked it in. 11th minute. So they fell down behind like they did against Ecuador. I was actually not worried. I mean, also I was like doing other things. So the game was muted and I was just like, okay, I guess we're losing, but they, I mean, I was looking at the, the Paraguay lineup and I was like, I can't, I don't know any of these guys. 
of course, if you look at the Peru lineup, if you're Paraguayan, you're probably like, who are these guys? But Peru, I think, is better, and they kind of that woke them up, and they scored two goals in the first half. La Padula is turning into a reliable goal scorer, which I did not see coming, James. I'll be honest. So I saw that coming. Can my, you? Come okay. on. My apo- apologies to Gianluca Lapadula, Benevento's own. Hopefully he's going to get a good a move out of there, you know, go somewhere else. I don't know. Um, but they, again, it was a one-goal lead, and they just let Paraguay hang around, and Paraguay scored on a set piece. Didn't they get red-carded first, Paraguay? Let me see. I don't I remember. I believe they were red-carded before they equalized. You're right. <laughs> this was There were two red cards, and both of them I kind of looked up, and the ref was sending someone off, and I was like, wait, didn't that guy just get fouled? Why is he getting sent off? The captain of uh, Paraguay, I think he was the captain, wow, Gustavo Capitan. Gomez, he had it was a second yellow. Basically, it looked like he was just yelling at the ref and got very mad and yelled at his face into his face. And the ref was like, you know what? We usually don't give second yellows for dissent, but guess what? You're gone. And then he like lost it and like went after the ref. So I was thinking, oh, Paraguay self-combusting. This is good. They're just losing it. They they lost a lead within 40 minutes. Now they're gonna just capitulate. But in the second half, Peru did not take advantage of the man advantage, kept it close. And then Paraguay scores on a set piece because Peru cannot defend a set piece or a second ball. Well, and as it turned out later, just can't defend in general, which is a problem when your next opponent is Brazil, probably Brazil, 88th minute, still one zero Brazil. Um, and then, so, okay. Paraguay ties it. Then <laughs> Peru's pushing. I'm thinking we're going to going to extra time. Then I Googled it and found out there's no extra time. We're going straight to penalties. And I was like, Good. Oh, great. Um, I guess, but also like, uh, okay, that's scary. And then Peru just shooting from random distances. <laughs> Yotun just bounces one Put off it in the of mixer, a, bounces one off a Paraguayan and he gets credit for the goal somehow, I guess, cause it was on target, um, <laughs> to give Peru the lead in the 80th minute. I'm thinking, all right, we're fine. Home and dry. But Peru's defense had one more thing to say, and it was, we can't defend the lead <laughs> and it somehow got through. Ramos, who was defending a guy who didn't have the ball, and then ended up going to that guy who ended up scoring. I think Yotun was on the line, and some or no, Santa Maria, I think, <laughs> was on the line um, and didn't keep it out. And uh, it's three three in the ninetieth minute. <laughs> oh, in all of that, I forgot another red card. Andre Carillo got a second yellow in the eighty fifth minute. Again, uh, I looked up; he was on the ground holding his leg. As soon as he got up, the ref gave him a red card. <laughs> And he was sent off the field crying and uh, showing off his well-put-together frame, by the way. Credit to Andre Carrillo, by the way. He did a little one of these with holding his shirt over his head, and I was like, Andre, good job. Um, but he's oh, yeah, gonna They're be, not going to miss him in the next game, are they? Oh, they no. are. He's going to be out. He's going to be oh, out. Oh, boy. Um, which is um, not great. And I guess I don't think uh, Edson Flores is anywhere near this team because I've never I haven't seen him, so I'm guessing he must be out or something. I don't know. Because he'd be a replacement. Um, he's getting ear enlargement surgery. Yeah. Somewhere in the DC area. Cause he plays for DC United, um, and MLS, maybe they, they left him there just to have that season. Anyway, then we go to penalties, James. Um, and to be honest, I, I was kind of confident to, if I'm being honest, I was like, Paraguay, what are they going to, they're going to go on themselves here. Paraguay. And I was right. Uh, Yes. Again, the team I wanted to win was shooting second, which is not where you want to be. Just 
Well, actually, no, Spain was shooting first. They just put themselves in. It felt like they were shooting second. Anyway, Paraguay scores the first goal. Gianluca Lapadula wearing the number nine that Paulo Guerrero has worn for years. Coolly put it in, but he did it. Did you see the penalty, James? Who? Lapadula? Lapadula. Uh, yes, but I've forgotten what it looked like. Under the goalie. The goalie dove to his right, which was the right direction, but dove like in the air. And <laughs> Lapadula just passed it on the ground. And I came up with a new theory of penalties. Maybe you'll say it. this is obvious, obviously. Either hit it on the ground or hit it in the top corner. There's no, re- if you're going to put it not exactly on the side, like when it hits the post. Because if you hit it like mid-level, that's where the goalie wants it. If you hit it low, the goalie has to go down. If you hit it high, the goalie can't get it. So Papadula put it on the ground. The goalie dove over it. Um, then Paraguay scores 2-1. Yotun with a Penenka. The audacity. Now, if you don't know what a Penenka is, I'll put it in the highlight video and you can watch it. Chip. I can't just, he just chipped it right down the middle super softly. And uh, that takes some uh, guts. And he uh, has guts, I guess, Yotun. I don't, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. And then Paraguay, I think it was blocked. That one, the first one. I don't know. There were a lot of missed penalties in this shootout. This one was blocked. So then it's like, oh, Peru has the advantage. If Santiago Ormeno, who's a substitute who I don't even know, he comes up, he misses, it gets blocked. Tapia comes up. I'm like, okay, we're fine. And he scores because he's Tapia. Basically all the usual suspects. I was like confident, except for the next usual suspect for Peru. Just Christian Cueva. I saw he, him. I was like, oh, and he's a usual score. Right? He's a usual suspect for the wrong reasons because I hope he wasn't thinking about this, but I was thinking about it. The biggest penalty of Peru's soccer, men's years. soccer history in the last, yeah, almost half a century was his penalty against Denmark in the World Cup opening game. And he skied it. And that I still believe if that goal goes in, we win the World Cup. I'm going to hold on to that. But anyway, <laughs> probably. To be fair, it was a good save on this one. He put it on frame and the guy did have a put a good still went over though, didn't it? It did end up over the bar, yes. So if he would have made that, Peru would have um won because the guy before him kicked it into orbit. Maybe that's what he thought of. He saw it, he's like, Oh, that reminds me of 2018. Um, but then the next guy <laughs> kicks it over the bar. And I was like, Okay, Paraguay sucks. Finish the job. And Miguel Trauco, another usual suspect who doesn't usually take penalties. Maybe he should be the fifth taker and not Cueva because he slotted at home. And uh, I liked uh, um, Gareca's celebration because it was he was just like, yeah, okay, we won. He wasn't even that excited. Yeah, because like, he Good. saw that shambolic defending. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, wait, well, how am I supposed to win a game if we can't defend a corner? That kind of looked, that kind of was the same feeling I got from Luis Enrique, who stood behind the line of players and was just like, I'm not happy with this. Like, who cares if we win? This has been a, an embarrassment to the Spanishness of it all. Um, but James Peru advances to another semifinal um, because they always make a semifinal of the Copa America. Now, if I've talked long enough, let's see if the Brazil game's over. It's not over yet, but they're still winning. So it comes down to this, James. Do they have any shot of making the final? Any shot at all? Because I see no shot because they they got destroyed the last time they played them. And yes, I know, in Copa America 2019, they got destroyed the first time. And they played the second time and they were not destroyed, but they still lost by two goals. So 
the fact that we see a valiant two goal loss as like a, the best result they've had against Brazil in like the last, other than the handball game from like 2016, that tells you the golf here. I just um, would like to believe, but I, I don't tell me why I should believe or, or just, or just say there's no chance. I don't think I can. I don't want to say there's no chance. Maybe, maybe somewhere from heaven, a book will fall about how to defend corners. <laughs> a book will fall. Like manna from heaven. Lord God will, will provide uh, a, so a manual on how to defend corners. Oh my gosh. Maybe it'll be come, come with Chiellini to like have some pointers. Like, oh, maybe put your head in the way. <laughs> that helps. But uh, I'd say it's about a 95% chance that they don't win this game. <laughs> I think giving 5%, I'll take that right now. Let's go, James. 5%. Yeah. I mean. Um, early red card, two red cards. For Brazil. Need two red cards for Brazil. Uh, and penalties. A penalty. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Far breaks down. Another handball. <laughs> Something. <laughs> but, oh, my yeah. gosh. I yeah. mean, Brazil just played most played. 50 minutes, 45 50 minutes. minutes with 10 guys, and they're still not losing to Chile. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. You see know what? It. it doesn't. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. Where they made it to the semifinal, they've. They. They're not the worst team in Conmebol. Yeah, they're one of the four best apparently. And I was thinking that I was like, they make the Copa America semifinal every time, which means you're one of theoretically the final four in Copa America or in, in Conmebol. If you're in the top four in Conmebol and qualifying, you go to the World Cup. They need to do that. They need to, because I think they are. When I watched them play against Paraguay, I thought, they're better than Paraguay. They were missing Almiron. Who cares? I told <laughs> you, he's than, just all these arms and legs. They're better than Paraguay. They're better than, I think they're better than Ecuador. Venezuela, get out of here. Bolivia, go to like Oceania and get out of our confederation. Argentina, Colombia, Brazil. Even Colombia, I mean. Maybe James won't come back. Chile and Uruguay. Depends on the day. Depends on the day. But they got to be. They, I, this has just proven to me they need to qualify. I know they had a bad start, but they can come back. We've seen them do it. They have the quality. And I, I was ripping them earlier this month or last month. But I watched these games. They did not embarrass themselves. Credit to Gareca for still somehow pulling something out of this team. And they're in a semifinal. And yes, you're right, James. It's soccer. There's always a chance if they somehow win, like, and they still, even if they win, they probably won't win the tournament because they'll lose to Argentina. But if they somehow beat Brazil, that's like winning the final. I mean, it, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. I would take that. Don't they're even gonna just, do They're going to do a 2019 performance against Chile. That's what they're going to do. There's no way, James. There's no way. But I wish because that was amazing. But Guerrero is not there. And I think they need Guerrero. I think, by the way, Alexis Sanchez is playing. He is. Okay. He said he's not in the squad. I thought I didn't see him in the last game. Medell is playing center back. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Alexis Sanchez was playing center back now. That's what they've done to him. Oh, that is Alexis Sanchez. Maybe I didn't recognize him because he looks all old and broken down. Okay. He looks so angry in his picture. He's 32. Defend a corner and maybe they have a chance. Oh, well, see, that's the thing. If you're playing Brazil, do not concede goals off set pieces. Because then they'll them. score on set pieces and off yeah, set and they'll pieces. score four, and it'll be it'll be embarrassing. Oh, yeah. it's just gone final. Brazil, Peru, Monday, four p.m. This time it's personal. All right, that's the that's a good place to end. What a great we had a live watch along <laughs> of Brazil, 
obviously beating the inferior Chile. So Chile, thanks for nothing. Get out of here. Uh, we'll be the ones to um, let's. This is. I'll say this in the words of Ian Dark. Peru. Maybe they should die wondering because they can't play them. I was gonna say, don't don't die wondering. Die on the sh- go out on their shield. Can they do that? Can they just go out on their shield on penalties? Yeah. No. No. Because they, they have to keep- the corner. No. So no. no. Also, the other question: They're gonna concede corners. Like that's that's a given. I know. I give it ten minutes. I don't think they're gonna get <laughs> ten minutes without conceding a corner. I mean, come on. Wait, conceding a goal? Oh, you mean a corner, when it's a corner? A corner. Or it's a goal. No, a corner. A corner is like. A penalty kick if you kicked it from the top of the D of the box. Like, yeah, it's a tough shot, but it's a free goal. So, free shot at goal. So, you know. Yeah, that's on Monday. So, we'll be back at some point to talk about that game. I guess maybe on Monday. I don't know if we're going to record on Sunday because there's no Euro games on Sunday. Are we going to come back just for a Peru, Brazil special? If they win, if they win, we will. No, but I'm saying the day before, like a preview. Is it, does it warrant no. a preview? I think no. we did. What the is preview. there to preview? What this is the preview. This is they're the going to lose. This is the preview. <laughs> but still watch it because they might wa- not. We watch just for the small chance that they will do what they did, like against Chile, and they win. But that probably won't happen. So, oh, well. oh man. Okay. So we got Denmark, Czech Republic tomorrow, then Ukraine, England, and then we'll have four teams: Italy, Spain on the other side. I think this is Italy's tournament, and they've been uh, they've been uh, deserving of it, and uh, they continue to march on to what seems like the crowning moment of this. It's still a new generation, kind of of Italian players with the backing of the old guard, uh, Chiellini and Bonucci. So, with that, we're gonna go watch the highlight of uh, Insigne's goal about 50 more times. And uh, talk to you tomorrow after the two games. So thank you, James, for joining me. And we'll see everyone tomorrow.